Welcome, Promisers, from all of our campus. It is great to be with you. It is Time Change Sunday. It is raining, and the people that love God are in his house. Amen. So it's great, all of our campuses from Campbell, uh, out in Campbell County, and this is Brad and Lindsay's first weekend, and we're so thrilled that they're out there leading that campus, and Lo Malachi, six thrilling from Blunt to North to Anderson, our internet campus, our God Behind Bars guys, real thrilled to be with you at Pellissippi. God is doing a work, amen? God does not take spring break. He is on the throne 24-7, so it's great to see you. It's great to be with you. By the way, last weekend, this is what I believe. It was low-key, but I believe we as a church took our greatest leap of faith that we have ever taken. This is a list of people that said they would begin to honor God and tithe right here. I want you to look at that. And so, it is so exciting, and uh, I want to challenge you. Uh, we've been praying for you every day, especially you guys that are entering new into the generosity journey and, and you're sort of scared, you're afraid God is going to build your faith. Do not veer the course, amen? Do not shift. Don't let fear keep you from honoring and obeying and loving on God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would so fill, God, that you would meet every single person on those cards who committed to tithe, that you'll give them the boldness and the belief and the faith. And God, as they give last week and this week for the first time, that you will meet them and you'll open up the windows of heaven and part a blessing, God, such that they cannot contain it. God, we believe it and we receive it. In Jesus' name, we pray it. And all God's people said... Now, I don't know if you've noticed it, but God has increased this year something in our worship. God is enveloping and invoking. God is moving. And so our God is on the move. Now, here's the deal. This is going to rock you. There are 10 days till our first Easter service. 10 days. And so it is going to be unbelievable, the most impactful week of the year. Let's watch this as we see just a bl- glimpse of what's coming Easter 2016. Come on, somebody. It's going to be great. Woo, my mercy. Easter is is really the most exciting week of our whole year. Now, different campuses have different services. So several of our campuses will begin Easter services on Wednesday night leading up to Easter Sunday. Uh, So many of the students, their families will come on Wednesday night. Students are leading the charge for Easter That'll happen on Wednesday. Some of our campuses are having Thursday night services. Many of our campuses are having Friday night services. They're having Saturday night services, Sunday morning services, all of our campuses. And listen, let me encourage you, if at all possible, if you can go to an off Sunday morning Easter service, that will help. Because there's probably about twenty or 30,000 people in the greater Knoxville area who call Faith Promise home. Now, they sort of drift in and out. Are you with me? 
They don't come every weekend. So they're not going to hear this weekend or next weekend. And they're all going to show up next on Easter Sunday. So if you can come on an off time. Matter of fact, at Pellissippi, we're doing a Sunday night service at the Pellissippi campus. And so we're, we're, we're always ready to try new things. Sunday night, we'll be at the Pinnacle Theaters in Turkey Creek with the movie. We're trying to get into the Blunt County Theater. And the only way you can get into the theater, your ticket is with a lost person. Amen? Don't say, well, I'm going to sleep in. I'll go to the, man, I'll go to the theater. I'll give me some popcorn, Jack. I, no, no. No, no. We got guards the doors, man. That is for those of you that are trying to get your friends far from God that won't come to church. And you say, listen, let me buy you dinner and go to a movie. There'll be no singing. There's no baptism. There's none of that stuff. It'll be, you know, we have, we'll, we'll do two showings at Pentecost and we're working on some more. We also, Sunday night, God behind bars. Hey, guys, we're expecting you guys, faith promise, God behind bars, you guys to fill that gym to overflowing. And many of your friends are going to be born again this Easter, God behind bars. So, man, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. 17,000 people, 1,000 people are going to be saved. 500 people are going to be baptized. And it is going to be off chart. Anybody believe that with me? All right. So here's the deal. At all of our campuses, it's an all-hands-on-deck week. Amen? 34 services. We're going to need some extra people to serve some extra services. Is that right? So pull your card out at every campus. Give me a wave offering. Come on, let me see it. Wave it out there. Come on. Here we go. Every campus. Come on, Blunt North. Here we go. All right. All of the cards are different at every campus because every campus, the service times are different. So pick an opportunity. I'll work with FP Kids, whether it's preschool, elementary, security. That means you're checking kids in and out. We don't let people have other people's kids. Some of you try to give them away. No, no, you have to get them. Or behind the scenes in our kids' ministry, first impressions. You'll serve in the parking lot or you'll help us and greet. Pick the services, services, service that you'll serve at, and then give your name, phone number, and email. But listen, if nobody calls you, don't say, well, they didn't want me to serve. It means we couldn't get to you. So what, I'm, what we're going to do, you show up 15 minutes early, Right? And walk up to the info desk and said, hey, I signed up to serve in the parking lot. Where do I go? Go to the kids' ministry. I served to sign up this weekend at this service for kids. Where do I go? I, served, I, I said I'd come be an usher. Where do I go? Fill it out. Put this in the offering box and show up. Amen? Now, we're gonna, you can take a bunch of invitation cards this weekend, but listen, we did not put the service times on the cards because there's 34. It wouldn't be an invite card, it'd be an invite poster. <laughs> so write the, write the services down at whatever campus you attend <clears throat> and use that to bring your friends. Now, can God use all of us to make an eternal difference in the lives of peoples forever? Is anybody with me? Amen? Come on, somebody help me. So, God, together, we are linking our faith. We are believing you for 17,000 people, God, that we're going to invite we're believing that you're stirring on people's hearts right now, that you're preparing the soul as they watch that movie about a rescue attempt. And we see the greatest rescue attempt was you leaving heaven and coming to rescue us and dying on a cross. And the number, the, all the dots are going to line up and people are going to be saved. God, would you impress upon us who you want us to invite? What services, God, would you help us? 
Father, this is an unbelievable God-sized mountain to climb, but we believe it. We believe you're going to do it, and we surrender, and we say yes, amen, yes. So make it so in Jesus' name and all God's people said. All right, we're going to do something we've never done before. So I want you to pull out your phones, your smartphones, your iPad, your flip phone, your Android, your Samsung, whatever you have. Pull it out, wave it, because we're going to right now invite 100,000 people. Right now, we're going to invite 100,000 people to Easter. So Micah, show us how we're going to do that. All right. On, this is mirroring my screen to this TV. And if you will go to faithpromise.org, <laughs> faithpromise.org. Don't worry about that. He, he deserves those. Faithpromise.org slash Easter. Uh, Faithpromise.org slash Easter. Kyle and our communications team have done an unbelievable job of building this mini site that is strictly for invitation purposes only. So if you go to Faithpromise.org slash Easter, you will see this screen. It's the trailer that you just watched. If you keep scrolling down, you'll see all the times and everything. It's a great thing. It's a great invitation site. Copy and paste it, text it, send it out. And obviously right here. Share on Facebook and Twitter. So if you'll just click share on Facebook, if you're using the Safari app, you're going to have to probably sign into Facebook because you probably use your app. But if you sign into Facebook, it'll directly come up there. All you have to do is hit post. And it's posted. Same thing with Twitter. If you go back, it's really having a hard time. There we go. If we go back, share on Twitter, it's the same thing. Click share on Twitter. It'll be right up on your feed. You can click that. And again, you can copy and paste faithpromise.org slash Easter. And this is going to be a great way for us to invite people without awkwardly having to knock on their door. So you can just send it and see what they think. If they're interested, bring them to the movie theater. It's the easiest way. I get religion and invite to church can be cumbersome, but this is the best way we've come up with. And you talked about movie posters. We have those available in the lobby if you want to grab those and hang those up. This is trying to do everything we can do to infiltrate social media and our culture and Knoxville and the surrounding counties with this movie and this story because it's absolutely unbelievable. So let me ask you, Micah, how many people did you just invite right there in the last 60 seconds? Uh, probably 1,500 people just saw that. So he just invited 1,500 people, and I forgot my cell phone. I left it, I left it in back. If I would have, next service, I will, I will invite uh, 12,000 people by clicking those two buttons. We, we did, what was the series we did? I can never remember, a couple years ago. Open House. Open House, Spiritual Warfare. You guys sent 70,000 invitations and, and 70,000 people watched the trailer. It was the largest attended series we'd ever had because we maximized social media. So I want to challenge you. Do that. It's easy. Yep. Do it. Thanks, Micah. Yep. Give me a hand. All right, here we go. All right. <laughs> So here's, so here's the deal. If we're going to reach people nobody's reaching, we've got to do what nobody else is doing. Does that make sense? So I want you to put your seatbelts on. And, and let me just go ahead and tell you now, I'm going to dial back my typical passion level because of the topic. So I, I'm just going to let you know that right now because you say, why is the pastor so laid back this weekend? Because the topic, matter of fact, what we're going to roll into, if you remember the first Gulf War, shock and awe? Took us about two hours to win that war. You remember that? We rolled in there and people just, well, I'm, I'm really going to do sort of, sort of shock and awe. So here's the deal. I've been saved for 34 years and I've been in the ministry for 34 years because I started the ministry in my very first year of salvation. You don't have to be saved 15 years to serve God. You don't have to have a seminary degree. Come on. And so, uh, and so man, I have now, it's been 34 years. And people ask me this question probably more than any other question about ministry. 
How do you stay so fired up about souls? How is it that you don't give up? Why do you keep pushing? What is it that drives you about souls? As a matter of fact, the question is on there. People ask all the time, how do you stay so passionate up and fired up about lost people? Because it is the tendency of, of, in, of Christians, of small groups, of ministries, of churches, and denominations. All of them start fired up. Remember when you first got saved, you wanted to tell everybody? See, that's how it all begins. And then somewhere along the journey, we begin to move away from evangelism. Are you with me? We just slowly begin to move away from it. It's just what Christians, what churches do. They lose their fire. They fall apart. And so people say, how is it now, three and a half decades, you're still as fired up as the day you were saved? And I'm going to tell you how. Are you, if, you're, if you're listening, say I am. When I got saved, 1982, hell became very real to me. It became, it became real. Let me tell you why it became so real. I got saved. I was the only believer in my family. The only, nobody had ever gone to church. Everybody was lost. So I get saved, start reading the Bible. I realize heaven is real, amen? But if heaven is real, then so is hell. And I began to be overwhelmed with grief and this deep burden that all my family was going to hell. And so literally, I cried myself to sleep more nights than I could ever communicate, that I could ever contemplate. And in that, God put within my gut, are you with me, deep within my, the seat of my emotions, this, this burden for people that were going to hell. And, and, and I asked, I'm working on this message, I, I tried to think of words that would communicate the, how I felt when I first got saved. And they're literally, I don't know, I don't have words. I couldn't put it into words. But you remember, you know, years ago, and churches still do it, we don't because of a lot of reasons. But you remember the altar call after every service? I spent more, more time at those altars weeping for people, my family, my friends who were all going to hell, people that I did know. It absolutely Began to, began to move. And so what I've done since then, every day, I say, God, don't let my burden wane. God, would you keep me motivated? God, would you keep a driving burden in my heart, in my mind for people that are far from God? Are y'all with me? And I was training pastors in, uh, uh, in England this past, Peterborough, England, about an hour out of London this week. The top 50 churches in the U.K., unbelievable faith promise as churches. It was amazing to watch. And I got in the cab to go meet Michelle at the train station and began to head back to be with you guys this weekend. And, and, and the young man that picked me up, I started talking to him. And I said, well, he was Middle Eastern. I said, are you Muslim? He said, I am. I said, well, that's great. I said, do you go to the mosque? He said, no. I said, so you're not a good Muslim. And he said, no, I'm, I'm not a good Muslim. I said, well, tell me, let me, let me ask you a question. Do you know the Quran? He said, no, I really don't know the Quran. I said, let me talk to you about Jesus. I said, do you know your Quran speaks a lot about, it, about Jesus? It calls him a great prophet, and what they said was right. They just didn't finish the story. So let me tell you about Jesus who loves you. See, what keeps me after 34 years looking for people around me? It's the fact that people that die without Jesus will spend forever in hell. So what I do is I pray for that burden. Not only me, listen, 
Every, you know, on Sunday we're the church gathered, and on Monday we're the church scattered. So Monday through Saturday, I pray every day for me a burden, but I pray that same burden on y'all. I'm telling you. I pray it. God, give them, give them such a burden. They're going to invite their coworkers. God, meet those high school students and those middle school students in class. God, would you meet people on the ball field? Would you meet people at lunch? God, would you move on the homemakers? Would you move on every faith, every promiser? Would you give them such a burden that they've got to talk about that which they have seen and heard Jesus do every day? Every day. So I do it for me. I do it for you. That's what I used to say. If you've been around a long time, you used to hear me say this all the time. Let's make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee. You ever heard that? Have you noticed I don't say it as much anymore? Well, let me tell you why that I don't say it as much anymore. It's because I've got so much pushback from using that phrase. Now, not people that are ugly, not people sending ugly emails, just conversations and emails of people saying, Pastor, I love you, I love the church, I believe in you, but I wish you would never say, let's make it hard to go to hell. For me, Tennessee. And so I was struggling with that. Then I saw a pattern. By and large, the bulk of the people that asked me never to say that were young adults. Now, we got an army of young adults. Thank God. Aren't you excited about it? Man, it's great. Most churches you go to, silver, blue, and gray hair. Man, we have a, we have a hodgepodge. So we're grateful for that. But, but young adults, and so... I began to see a pattern developing that the young adults did not ever want to hear about hell. Now, that puzzled me because young adults are infatuated with death. There used to be two teams, Team Jacob and Team Edward. That's right. Thank you very much. Vampires. The Vampire Diaries. The, the, the Walking Dead. That's right, Dead. Have you ever seen a video game? The fires of hells and demons. Are you with me? Listen, I'm not talking about Team Edward and Team Jacob, okay? I wasn't on either team. But listen, watch. I don't care, man. Listen, who cares? I'm not talking about that. Don't, 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 don't go down too low. Let's get up here. Young adults are infatuated with death, but they hate hell. And so I'm trying to figure why that out is the more young adults that I've, that I've talked to about it, I, I, I've began to see a pattern. See, when I got saved... And I learned of hell. Hell didn't bother me. What boggled me and bothered me and boggled my mind was that God would have sent his son to die for people that were going there. But young adults come at it, not all, but some from the other side and say, if God's really good, why is there hell? Does that make sense? And so Mike and I, who did the social, we, we have a lot of theological fellowship. Matter of fact, you should be a, you know, we should do a video of my family having lunch on Sunday. Because there'll be somebody at North, and somebody was at, somebody was at Pell, and somebody was at Campbell, and somebody was at Anderson or whatever. And we have lunch, and we talk about what God did that day. And finally, you know, they, I mean, there are a bunch of young adults at my table, and they're, man, they're, they're fired up about, about, you know, faith promise. And I'll finally say, okay, time out. Staff eating's over. I'm done. Don't want to hear anything else. I want to eat my roast beef or my steak, and I don't want to talk about church at all. And but, but our family is just committed to the kingdom of God, amen, like many of your families. And so that's what we talk about. And so I finally came to the realization, so Mike and I are having one of our theological fellowship times, and I'm smacking him around, and, and you know, the deal's going on. And he said, Dad, here's the deal. He said, let's make it hard to go to hell as a great slogan inside the church. But you've got a 25-foot wide, 20 feet 
25 feet wide, 20 feet tall banner hung it over every building that said making it hard to go to hell for 20 years. He said, do you know how people that are going to hell think about it when a church hangs a sign out? I said, okay, I got it now. I got it. And he said, making it hard to go to hell for me, Tennessee, is a great slogan inside the church. It's a bad slogan outside the church. Because it's received a judgmental and critical outside the church. Are you with me? So I got that. Man, I, I got that. But, I mean, it, it had, when was the last time you heard a sermon on hell? Nobody talks about it anymore, do they? Because, see, people don't want to actually hear about hell. But guess what? It's not going away. Are you with me? You can want it to, but it's not going away. And let me tell you what hell does for us. <clears throat> hell helps us. Hell activates us against apathy. The natural tendency of every church, every small group, every denomination, every believer is to move away from evangelism. It is to move into apathy and into atrophy. Does that make sense? That we sit, you ever sit around so long you couldn't hardly move? Man, your joints, if you're young, you don't know about it, but it's coming. It's, it's coming. <clears throat> Matter of fact, you know why old people are mean? Because they hurt all the time. And so, <clears throat> so, we're, so, so what, 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 <laughs> what hell does is hell, it, it, it pushes us out of apathy. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, one of the great evangelistic armies that was built, and, and it was unbelievable what happened through those men and women. But William Booth used to say, if I could take every Salvation Army soldier to hell for five seconds, they would be soul winners the rest of their lives. So, see, hell causes us to get busy. Does that make sense? When we don't want to get busy, we want to vegetate in front of the television, hell gets us up and, and hell motivates us. It gets us busy. Let me give you a biblical word that none of us are going to like. And the biblical word is what? It's depart. Depart. It's used multiple times. Let me give you some verses. Out of the, the story or Jesus teaching on the great white throne in Matthew chapter 25, then he will say to those on his left, what? Depart from me, accursed ones, into eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Go to the next one, Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that, who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we, do we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? I mean, we went to church, we served, and then I will declare to them, I never what? Knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. All right, go to the next one. Uh, Luke chapter 13, on the, uh, once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door, it's too late after that. It's too late. And you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, open up for us. Then he will answer and say to you, I do not know where you are from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. We went to church. We sang the songs. We heard you teach. And he will say, I tell you, I do not what? Know where you are from. Depart from me. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 15, says this, And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he or she was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, when we talk about hell, we think, man, that's horrible. Man, that's, that's, just, that's, that's not Jesus. 
The word hell this translated hell in the New Testament is used 13 times. 11 of them are red letters. And if you're a rookie and don't know what that means, it means Jesus spoke it. There are other words and there are other stories of, of hell. I'm just talking about the word that's translated hell. Jesus used it. You can dismiss it. You can doubt it. You can disbelieve it. You can be mad about it, but it will never change the facts that hell is a real place that everyone goes to. This name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life. Does that make sense? It's simply not going to change the facts. It's, it's just there. We had a young couple. Love this young couple. I won't mention their names because if you've been around a while, you would know them. He served in our kids' ministry, and, man, they were great, great personality. And they, she got mad and left, and this is what she said. She said, if hell is real, then I don't want anything to do with that kind of God. Now, what she wanted to do was remake God in her own image. But see, God made us in his image. And what, what you cannot do, the Bible is not a smorgasbord that you pick and choose what you like and you dismiss what you don't like. Amen? You take it all or you don't take any of it. He's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And so it's just a deal. You don't get to remake God in your own image or from your own imagination. But I tell you what God did say, it is not his will that any should, but that all should come to life. I believe one of the reasons that Jesus was willing to leave heaven, come and be born of a virgin, live 33 and a half years and be tortured and crucified was because he had an eagle eye view of hell. And even though we were odds and enemies, even though we were sinners, even though we did not have fellowship with the Father, Jesus was willing to lay down his life so that we would not go there. Are y'all with me? And so that's one of the reasons that I love the Lord is he rescued me. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, if there's any other way, any other way to what? Any other way to save them? If there's any other way, then, then let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do this unless there is no other way. Three times. And the heavens were silent and Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. And he was tortured and skinned alive and nailed to a cross and suffocated and he died. And he paid the penalty of all of our sin, all of our shame, everything that we had ever done wrong. And then what did he do? Amen. Yeah, come on, somebody. Listen, that's called the gospel. And the euangelion, the Greek word gospel, means good news. It's still good news. It's still good news. And what did he do? He left us the keys to the kingdom, which the keys to the kingdom is the gospel. And he left us that. And that's what we use. So I got a question for you. If you're listening, say, say I am. Who are you bringing Easter? Who are you bringing? What faces is what faces are the is the Lord bringing to you? What people are the what what names are you seeing? What thoughts are running through your mind? Because God is working on people's hearts this very minute that when you invite them, they are going to come and they're going to watch a movie about a rescue attempt and they're going to realize the real rescue attempt was Jesus leaving heaven and coming and rescuing us and they're going to say, oh my, I want that Jesus. A thousand of them. A thousand of them are going to say yes. 500 are going to get up and walk and be baptized on, on the, in, in those 34 services. So here's, now, now, you know, I was just thinking about this. 
When I got, first got saved, I watched preachers preach on hell with a smile on their face. Just something was wrong about that. They joked about who was going there. They made light of hell. And I, but God made hell very real to me. And, and, and I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's the reason that people are jettison and don't want to talk about it. But let me tell you what hell does for believers. Are you ready? Hell will mobilize you if you'll allow it. How does hell mobilize? Hell will get you out from front of the television with an invitation card to your neighbor across the street. Hell, the thought of anybody going there will get you out of your cubicle at work and around to the cubicle of your neighbor, and you'll invite them. Hell will get you in your high school or middle school to invite your friends, to invite people on your team, to get people to come to church. Are you with me? See, hell will mobilize us when we want to not do anything. Hell will keep us going. When I want to quit, when I'm bummed, when I'm aggravated, when people are, you know, hacking me off at church, when people are firing ugly emails and they're mad at me and I want to say, listen, I'm done with this, hell gets me back out of bed and back in the book and back in the game. It should mobilize us. Not only does it mobilize us, but it motivates us. When you truly recognize that hell is real and Jesus said, if you're not born again, you are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And when you realize and recognize that, it will unctionize and energize you. It will mobilize you. It will motivate you to get out and get busy. Matter of fact, Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest, the Father, would throw laborers into the field. I pray that for you all the time. God, would you pick faith promise up by the scruff of the neck this morning? We are scattered all over East Tennessee and the world. Would you grab people up and would you throw us into the field? Would you mobilize us? Would you burden us that gets us out of our comfort zones, that moves us out of our fear? Because, listen, the fear of somebody saying no is not anywhere near the fear of people being rejected, of people being, being not being able to go to heaven. Does that make sense? Because, see, heaven and hell are forever. Hell ought to break our hearts, burden our minds, and fill our eyes with tears. Jeremiah said, oh, that my head were a reservoir and my eyes rivers that I might weep day and night for the slain of Israel. I want you to hear something. When you ever wonder something and people give you all the reasons why I push you so hard, all the pastor cares about is numbers, all he cares about is a bigger church, all he cares about, let me tell you, All he cares about is people that are going to hell. That's why I push. That's why I push. That's why I push. Now, I didn't, you know, when I first got saved, I knew that we were going to fight hell, but what I didn't know is that I had to fight the church. Are you with me? I get more pushback today than I've ever gotten at Faith Promise. Make it about us, Pastor. Don't sing any more secular songs, Pastor. Don't do anything else, Pastor. We need you to just teach us, Pastor. Would you take care of us? And listen, absolutely, I'm going to go to my grave making it hard to go to hell. I am never going to sit around and mollycoddle and sip coffee with saints when there's people still on their way to hell. Come on. My goodness. So I'm not doing it. Man, people push and they push and they push. And come on, Pastor, when's it ever going to be enough? It'll be enough when we're dead. And you'll get to rest forever in heaven. But work while it is day, for night is coming when no man can work. So I push hard. I push hard for more sites. That's why we push for Campbell. I've had so many people say, Pastor, when are you going to pull the plug on Campbell County? 
Man, it's such a struggle over there. We're not getting any traction. Man, we are going to win Campbell County. We're not going to backstroke. We are fighting for Lenore City. We're fighting. We cannot find a location. Now we're looking for land to build a building. We're pushing. We're looking at Sevier County. Man, we're looking at Roan County. We're looking all around. We're, we're working hard at God behind bars. We're going to do 34, 34 Easter services. We're going to do more sites and more services. Why? For more souls because that is snatching people out of hell and placing them into heaven. And that's what we do. That's what we do. But this is what happens. Listen. Man, we all get so distracted with our worlds, are so busy. And we got, we got bills to pay, and we got a job to go to, and we got kids to raise, and we got, man, nobody, there's never been a culture busier than we are. Matter of fact, remember when you guys, many of you guys grew up in church, I remember that 30, 40 years ago. You went to Sunday school and Sunday morning, you went Sunday night, and then you went back on Wednesday night. Now, the best faith promised people come twice a month for one service. Because we're too busy. Because we got soccer, we got baseball, we got travel teams, we got work, we got parties, we got all this stuff, and we're running at a breakneck speed, aren't we? Man, we are running and we are busy, and if you're not careful, you'll be so distracted. You'll be so distracted with all the stuff around you that you'll miss the people around you that are separated from God and are going to spend forever in hell. And they matter more. Jesus said, leave the 90 and 9 that are in the house and go after the one. Go after the one. See, what we say today in America is just take care of the 99 and let the one go to hell. When I was in Louisiana, listen, we were the largest church in the county. We had a third of the city come every Easter. Biggest thing, biggest school. It was unbelievable. But the church didn't want to grow anymore. They said, listen, pastor, we're not adding any more services. We're not doing anything else. We're, we're just, I said, are you, are you serious? I mean, are you real? I said, yeah, come on. I said, then I'm going to leave. They said, you can't leave. I said, oh, hide and watch. Actually, when I resigned, a businessman came up that we won to the Lord and said, do we have to buy you out? I said, I said yes, and it's going to cost a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I said, man, I'm going. I am going. We're going to win lost people to Jesus. And Faith Promise was founded by a group of people that wanted to make it hard to go to hell. They were tired of fighting tradition. They were tired of fighting politics. They were tired of fighting all that stuff to win people. And they said, we're going to go build a church that's going to make it hard to go to hell. And then what God did is put them and, and Michelle and I together, our family, and it's been a wonderful 20-year ride, hasn't it? It's been amazing. And we're still doing it. We're doing it. Now, we all know people that are not going to heaven, don't we? Don't we? And if you're not going to heaven, where are you going? To hell. And you can do something about it. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, But you will receive dunamis, the dynamite, the power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And when you've received that power, you shall be my what? Which means to stand in a court of law and give an account of that which you have seen and heard. The disciples, when they were beaten and flogged and told never to speak, they said, "We, listen, we cannot stop speaking that which we have seen and heard. You'll be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. God said, go out there. But you know what? They wouldn't leave Jerusalem. So what did he do? He let a persecution arise, and he sent the gospel to the four corners of the compass. Why? Because they weren't going out. Why? Because we don't like to get out of our comfort zone. We have a responsibility, faith promise. Let me, let me give you a little secret. 
Because people all over the world say, hey, tell me why is Faith Promise growing? Why, what, what's going on over there, man? What's the deal? I'm going to tell you this. The reason that God's favorite anointing is on us is because we still love lost people. The day, that the day, amen, go ahead, give him praise. Go ahead. The day that we turn our vision from the harvest field to Emerald will be the day that we die. Now, we won't know it. We won't know it. There are dead churches all around us. They don't know it yet. They don't know it. Because, see, the vision is turned from without, and it's turned to within. Are you with me? And so no matter how hard y'all try, listen, as long as I got breath, as long as I'm the senior pastor, I don't care how hard you try to get me to turn our focus from the harvest field to inside in the name of Jesus, I will never, 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 never. And so what happens? People come, they get involved, they win their friends and family, they go somewhere else. That's okay. I can live with that. Doesn't bother me at all. Because you know what? Those people that leave are going to heaven. And that's what matters here. So we have a responsibility. We care about the lost. And so, listen, what people in East Tennessee are going to have to do if they want to go to hell, they're going to have to come right through us. They're going to have to climb over us. They're going to have to walk around us. They're going to have to dig underneath us. But if they want to get to hell, we are going to stand right between them and hell. Man, we are going to do all we can do. And so that's why. That's why we need you to serve more services on Easter. That's why we do multiple services so you can bring your lost family and friend. We're going to love, we're going to care, we're going to share, we're going to invite, we're going to mobilize, we're going to move, we're going to keep adding services. So we are never going to tire of doing good. We're going to encourage one another all the more as we see the day of the Lord approaching and that He's going to come get us and we're going to spend forever talking about all the great things that God did while we were here. Are you with me? So here's the deal we all have family and friends that are not going to heaven. Who are you bringing? Easter. A couple of weeks ago, I had coffee with the, the general manager of Joy 62. Unbelievable guy. Really connected, man. He was a great guy. They came a, a, a month or so ago and recorded our services, and they played him on Joy 62. And he said, he said, hey, man, I want to meet you. I want to go to coffee. And so we met. Great guy. His kids come here. And he said, hey, man, I, I heard you talk about the movie. Man, we want to, man, we're going to grab that at Joy 62. We want to help promote that. And I said, listen, man, thank you so much. We're so grateful. But listen, please don't misunderstand me. Please don't understand. Please don't promote the movie on Joy 62. And he said, no, no, you don't understand, Pastor. I'm going to, this is free. I'm going to give all of it to you free. I said, no, I really do understand. I said, listen, listen, please, please, please hear my heart. Joy 62 is a preaching station. The best preaching station anywhere around. And I said, if you put that on Joy 62, all the Christians will come for their entertainment and they will take the seats of the lost people. So please don't promote it. Because listen, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's not about having 17,000 people for 34 services. It's about the right 17,000 people. It's about people that are going to hell. That's what it's about. Are you with me? And so, again, you guys, God behind bars, fill that gym up in Jesus' name. God behind bars has grown every week. People are being saved every week, man. You guys are the evangelists of Bledsoe County Correctional. Man, you guys get in there and get those guys. And you say, but, you know, Pastor, my friends just won't come to church. Good, then take them to the pinnacle. You buy them dinner and a movie. No popcorn, you don't have enough money. But, but <laughs> you got to make a lot of money to buy popcorn and a Coke. 
And so, man, invite them. That's why we're trying to get it in the new, in the new Blunt County Theater. Man, say, man, listen, there won't be any singing. There won't be an invitation. There won't be baptism, okay? Whereas we'll do it all the other services, but people will be saved in that theater. Where they've gone to watch Hollywood, they're going to get to come watch heaven. And so, man, it's just an opportunity. Just an opportunity. So, so that's the deal. That's the deal. Now, some of you who listen to this message, you say, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I'm not sure that I'm born again. Are you telling me, Pastor, that if I'm not saved, I'm going to hell? That's exactly. And listen, we don't say that with a smile. We don't say that. We don't, man, we say that with, with a stomachache and a broken heart. Jesus said, if you're not born again, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that is why we have a church. Hey, listen, that's why we give. That's why we keep serving. That's why we do what we do, because we so love you and God so loves you. We want you to go to heaven with us. It really wouldn't be heaven without you. And so if you're ready, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus with every head bowed, every eye closed, come on right now, all of us, we're going to pray a, a simple confessional prayer with you. And so if you're ready, we're just going to say this aloud with you. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. I know that we're separated. But I want a relationship. So I confess you as my Lord. You died for me. You rose from the grave. You don't want me to go to hell. So I say yes. Save me. I put all my faith in you. I want to live for you. Forever. In heaven. Show me how. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody give God some praise in the house. Woo! So here's the deal. If you gave your heart to Jesus, fill the communication card out, drop the offering box, or take it to our next steps area. If you filled this card out, which I know all of you did or you are doing, amen, come on, then put that in the offering box. Again, if we don't call you, it doesn't mean you don't have to serve. If you, if you don't get a call, how early do you come before the service? 15 minutes, and you just tell them I'm here. Grab a stack of these cards. If you need to, write the, write the times. If you didn't do the social media, go to the site, get it. Let's get it out. Let's invite a million people to this thing. And let's invite, hey, don't invite your, your Christian friends because your Easter's cooler than theirs. That's, that's just, listen, that's pitiful. Invite people far, far from God. You say, but they're harder. I know. Get him anyway. Be blessed. Walk in victory. See you guys next weekend.